Hello everyone, it's another episode of Vigilance for the End Times. This episode is number 38 and is entitled Living from Your Spirit. I um, wanted to do something a little bit different for this episode and um, it has taken me a few weeks to spiritually ramp up Um, And I'll explain that in a few minutes. This episode is kind of leading into the new series of books that I am prayerfully launching with the Lord's help uh, sometime in March, probably toward the end of March. Uh, The School of the Spirit series and Living from Your Spirit will be the first book. Um, The series has a primary emphasis on teaching and grounding each believer in the reality of living from their spirit. And uh, this is an emphasis that I have not ever seen undertaken by any Christian writer in the last 25 to 30 years, unless they were hiding somewhere. Uh, I've never seen it undertaken with a comprehensive deep dive approach one that leaves no stone unturned and that gives the believer a well-rounded, solid foundation on a topic that is more vital than any other, according to the New Testament. Um, And this first book is going to be uh, establishing truths concerning our God-given spirit and moving on from there to show how the New Testament gives us the Apostle Paul, as our example of a man who lived from his spirit against all odds. The New Testament reveals that the end times will be a period of the most intense, horrific spiritual pressures that believers have ever encountered, and that, therefore, makes this subject unfathomably indispensable to our spiritual survival and our endurance to the end. One thing that has been progressively becoming more and more apparent to me the last few weeks is I have been really just trying to take my time and allowing the Holy Spirit to work some things into my understanding. One thing that has come to uh, the forefront of my thinking is our need to reframe the things of the Spirit. Here's what I mean when I say reframing the things of the Spirit. Before believers in the West can begin to correctly perceive the relationship that God wants to have with them through the Spirit and by the Spirit, the entire subject of what the Spirit means must be reframed. My initial starting point was going to be God relating to our spirit through the Holy Spirit. But for the last few weeks, he has put me into something of a holding pattern, which has been beyond my ability to understand mentally. And yet spiritually, I just wasn't able to really pursue that topic. Um, I just didn't want to force anything, so I've been very still and just kind of in a holding pattern. Um, But the past 
couple of weeks or so. I have found the Gospels going through me like a stream of clear water, bringing more and more spiritual insight to the surface. And the realization that's been coming to me is just how opposite of the Spirit our Western society has been. And as a direct result, how opposite of the Spirit we have been as professing believers because we have been conditioned to think and live in that way by our religious system. We read the Bible and we read the Gospels, but the words just kind of bounce off of our eyeballs. We see, but we do not perceive. We read, but we do not really understand. But because we go to church, we think that our condition is getting a passing grade from God, never realizing just how far off the spiritual mark we actually are. And it is a perilously dangerous place to be. We have never allowed our minds to really and honestly be renewed, even in the most elementary sense, for the most part, which is exactly what the Gospels are aimed at if we really look closely at the things that Jesus said. Similar to when Jesus told people point blank, your life consists of more than just the clothing you wear and the food you eat. Like he had to say that, he really had to point that out, is what we think, that's what we, how we react. And yet, our reality is we spend our whole lives focusing so much on the physical over the spiritual. And that is exactly what Jesus was attacking in their thinking. We have this material physical life as our main priority, and our actions on a daily basis testify to that. Regardless of what we might want to pretend is our true spiritual reality, and until we really and truly begin to comprehend the priority of the spirit over the physical, then we will never ever be able to value our spirit-to-spirit connection to God as He intends for it to be, because we will still be living according to a physically-minded mindset. I cannot improve over Jesus, not in a million years, so the subject of living from our spirit will begin right where Jesus began teaching concerning the things of the spirit over the things of the physical, natural realm. Once we truly grasp the sovereign priority of the spirit and the God-ordained priority of the spirit realm in which we live and breathe every single day, even though we may not be mindful of it, only then will we be able to have clear enough spiritual understanding to begin focusing on our spirit-to-spirit connection with God. Once we understand that because God is spirit, spirit rules over everything, and everything material is subservient to the spirit, then the subject of our developing our own spirit to cooperate with God becomes a much easier to understand prospect. To put it still another way, 
to demystify the subject of relating to the Holy Spirit from our spirit, we must have a clear understanding of what spirit reality is in a very comprehensive, all-encompassing way. This is precisely what Jesus himself did with the disciples over and over again. We just didn't see it in that light. For example, Jesus said, The flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit that gives life. We've read that verse a million times, and basically it goes right over our head, even though we think we have grasped what it's saying. Think of all the times where Jesus did a miracle and the disciples were amazed and astounded and Jesus acted like they should have had as much faith as he did. Then, and here's the big reveal, Jesus finally sets the record straight for them the next time they show utter amazement at the fig tree being withered and he puts it right on the table for them. If you guys had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would have not only spoken to the fig tree, but you would say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and it would obey you. Now, what did Jesus just do right before our very eyes? Did we see it? Did we absorb what he just did and what he said? He just showed us that the Spirit has authority over the physical and that the Spirit reigns supreme over the physical. That the limitations are all in our mind because we are so physically oriented so that the physical is what holds the trump card for us. Throughout all four Gospels, Jesus is continually showing the disciples and his followers and everybody paying attention with every single miracle that he did that the physical is subservient to the spiritual. Come on, Jesus, let's make it really hard. Let's feed 5,000 with just a couple of fish and a loaf of bread. Bet we stump you with that one. Nope. He lifts the fish and the bread to the Father and blesses it. And once again, the Spirit trumps the physical. And for an encore, there were 12 baskets of leftovers that the people couldn't eat. And yes, our Western brains have a very hard time wrapping that spiritual reality into our thinking, but that is the place we have got to go in this hour, even if it means we have to go kicking and screaming in unbelief. We have to drag our little brains to that place where unbelief dies and unwavering faith is born because we finally see the realm of the Spirit for everything that it is. And then... Your spirit-to-spirit relationship with God is obviously no longer a matter of mysterious spookiness. It is a simple spiritual matter of fact. You are spirit. God is spirit. Therefore, obviously, you must be able to have spiritual communication with him every minute of every single day. 
if you choose it because that's what's been made available. Now, this is the reason why the things of the Spirit have been so seldom taught over the past 30-some-odd years, because the Western church became more and more materialistic, more and more focused on the things of this world. Therefore, the teaching sunk to the same gutter level, and we all just kind of went along for the ride. Yes, many of us were disheartened and dismayed that the spiritual teaching we hungered for and thirsted for was virtually non-existent, but we didn't know where to go to get it. But now, by God's grace, these things are coming back to the forefront and with force and with razor-sharp clarity so that there is no misunderstanding on any level to facilitate these things being appropriated completely and totally by everyone's spirit man and their minds being renewed. Now understand that the Holy Spirit wants to bring all of these things to the forefront like rivers of rushing crystal clear water, and he is working mightily to prepare people's hearts and minds and spirits to be open receptacles that will hold this living water, retain it, and then disperse it to those who are likewise thirsting. But the first thing we must do, the first thing we must brace ourselves for is the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to wash away tons of religious debris from our minds so that he can begin to lay spiritual groundwork in its place. This can be difficult, or it can be easy breezy, depending on your level of awareness of what he needs to do. The scripture says, For it is God who is at work within you to will and do of his good pleasure. Well, here is where you begin to find out just what that scripture actually feels like, when you begin to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and let him come in and start removing all of the old crappy goodwill religious furniture out of your mind and replacing it with his spiritual furniture. The best way for each of us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit is to remember at all times, 24 hours a day, that which is spiritual comes first. Physical thinking Physical mindedness, material mindedness needs to go into the dumpster. That is not our focus anymore. Our focus is 100% on the things of the Spirit, on things that originate with the Spirit. In other words, your starting point with everything that you think starts with the Spirit, not with your soul, not with the body, not with the material but with your spirit. Even if you have to write it out on a flashcard and carry it with you in your wallet or purse, take it out and look at it every 20 minutes and recite to yourself until you get your mind lined up, like in marching formation, saluting yes sir to Sergeant Spirit. This is the spiritual training exercise of our life. And it is commencing right now And we need to understand that. We need to understand our place in it and where we stand and who we take our orders from and who 
dictates our reality. It is the Holy Spirit, not our flesh, not our circumstances, not our environment, but only the Holy Spirit of God. I guarantee you that once you begin inwardly yielding to this and giving yourself over to it, you will begin to actually feel and sense God moving inside you, even when you're just sitting still doing nothing. You will know and sense that he is actively moving in your innermost being, doing what he wants to do. So you just relax and let him. You know, we sing that song, you are the potter and I am the clay. So sit still, shut your mind off, let him be the potter and remember you're the clay. It's not just a pretty song. It is a spiritual fact. And if we carry ourselves on a daily basis, being mindful of that one reality, I guarantee you, you will begin to see things line up on the inside of you regardless of what it looks like outside of you in your circumstances. Keep your focus on the spirit. The outward will eventually come around. Outward realities are going to be going into (laughs) upheaval mode in just a little while anyway. So if you're not acclimated to the spirit and anchored in spiritual reality ahead of time, what's coming is going to be completely unmanageable for your mind and emotions. That is just going to be a fact of life until Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom. Opposing spiritual forces have been over this planet And working within this planet ever since Satan fell like lightning from heaven. And he has had eons of practice, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years. So our only security is in the secret place of the Most High, which is walking in the spirit. As Jesus said, I am not alone. My father is with me. We have to walk in that same reality. The Apostle Paul did the same thing even as he was heading to his execution. And he was going to be executed. And what does he write? He says, what shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Shall nakedness or peril or the sword? Well, (laughs) that is the destination on our spiritual map. That is where we have to go. Paul said, by faith, we understand that things which are seen were made from things which are not seen. The fact is, everything that we as Christians believe and supposedly put our trust in are all invisible to the naked eye. We've never physically seen a single thing that we have accepted by faith. And yet, walking by faith in every other area of our Christian life seems to be the greatest difficulty for us. Now, do you know why that is? I'll tell you why it is. Our institutional religious system, which has never made walking by faith in the Spirit a top priority in our daily life, every single thing about our religious institutions revolves around a physical building, physical places, religious activities that are directed by men and not by revelation from the Holy Spirit, We only engage in activities planned by men that can be done with our intellect 
and our human physical abilities. Not one bit of it depends on revelation from the Holy Spirit. Not one bit of it depends on us acting from revelation from the Holy Spirit or ministering from revelation by the Holy Spirit. In a word, we are never led or directed by the Spirit. Our minds never operate according to the Spirit. Our minds operate according to the religious conditioning of our artificial religious environment. The only way to rise above that is to remove oneself from that artificial environment so that you can be influenced solely by the Holy Spirit. That is a fact. Take it from someone who's been walking this out for over 30 some odd years. You cannot. Sorry if this hurts somebody's feelings or steps on somebody's toes, but you absolutely cannot mix with the religious environment and still walk in the Spirit the way God intends. It cannot be done. Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. You cannot mix the religious and the Spirit. And we have got to learn to begin taking the things that Jesus said deathly seriously. I don't care if a hundred pastors line up and say something. If it doesn't agree with what came out of Jesus's mouth, then they are the blind leading the blind. We have got to get absolutely ruthless with our walk in the spirit, which is exactly why Jesus said, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. What does that mean? You have to be absolutely ruthless that you're going to choose the way of the spirit over the flesh and over the religious. There's no halfway. You can't be warm and fuzzy with the religious system and walk in the spirit. I guarantee you, you won't make it. These are the things that God has commissioned me to share and teach all of my brothers and sisters in these last days, and I will never fail, you know me, to be direct and clear and to the point. And I will never show any favoritism towards the religious system that has set us back hundreds of years spiritually. So, again, in reframing the spirit so that the things pertaining to the spirit occupy their proper place in our daily lives, there are some very practical ways to begin to accomplish this. By way of example, uh, my mind has been extremely stirred up and active the last couple of days as I'm focused on several areas of ministry that are developing. And it hasn't been anything active, I mean, negative or overwhelming, but my mind has simply been much more active than normal as I have been mentally organizing and planning things regarding the book and the discipleship ministry, um, new doors of interaction uh, and ministry are opening up. So it's been very exciting. But today I had the realization that my lack of inner stillness was preventing me from receiving direction that the Lord had for me. So here's where we put the spiritual in its proper place and the soul realm, which includes the mind, in its proper place. The mind is never meant to have a dominant position in our life. 
because we are led by the Spirit. We are not led by our mind. So I spent some time praying in tongues, and that began to restore me to that place of inner stillness so that I was in a position to receive direction from the Holy Spirit, and my mind took its place in a subservient position to the Holy Spirit and to my spirit. Now that is just one practical example of how we can begin to order our lives according to the Spirit instead of allowing parts of our being and our life to be more dominant than they are meant to be. Remember, we are spirit, soul, and body, and that is God's divine order. So if we live by the divine order on a daily basis, especially in very practical ways such as I just mentioned, then the Holy Spirit is much more able to flow in and through our lives And we are able to experience the things of the Spirit flowing through our lives unhindered and unimpeded. Now, I touched on the ministry of Jesus and how his focus was on teaching those around him concerning the things of the Spirit versus the things of the physical world. Well, the Holy Spirit who dwells in us is here to carry on the exact same ministry to us on a daily basis. Just as Jesus taught daily, recalibrating people's minds to the things of the Spirit versus the things of the flesh and the things of the world, so the Holy Spirit is here to do the exact same thing, moment by moment, continually calling our attention back to the spiritual and away from the physical. His inward presence in us is there to nudge us when we are more mindful of the flesh than the Spirit to gently remind us that we are focusing on the temporal instead of the spiritual, etc. In other words, the ministry that we see in Jesus through the Gospels is a picture of the ministry that the Holy Spirit wants to have with each one of us individually every single day. The Holy Spirit's dealings with us will look exactly like Jesus' dealings with those who walked with him. It will be the same spiritual emphasis in every way, but instead of it being Jesus on the outside of somebody trying to teach them spiritual things from the outside, it is the Holy Spirit inside of you creating those transformational changes from the inside out. Um. Another thing that uh, I'm going to be focusing on in the series uh, coming up is on our spirit man and its functionality. Um, For the last couple of weeks or so, I have felt a continual burden and challenge in my spirit concerning the subject of our spirit man, uh, its functionality as designed by God especially as a repository for his spirit, which is why we are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, there is such an intense urgency in my heart about this, and it as it is as though the Lord is impressing upon me the absolute necessity of driving this subject home to every believer and doing everything in my power to make sure that it has been communicated in as precise a way as possible. I truly believe that this one particular subject is of unspeakably paramount importance to each and every one of us, 
because I know, as sure as I'm alive and breathing, that our our spiritual survival in the coming days will depend upon us having the clearest and most precise understanding possible of the subject. Part of the challenge that I've been facing as I wrestle to put the subject into words is that I myself am growing in a new dimension of this truth myself. Um, In other words, the subject of the functionality of our spirit, even though, yes, it is something I have known to a certain degree for a very long time, the Holy Spirit is emphasizing it in a brand new way. And it is a gradual process for me of receiving more clarity from him. Uh, This much I do know, beyond a shadow of any doubt, that just like the Apostle Paul, we are going to need to know how to live from our spirits and receive from the Holy Spirit his power, his strength, his wisdom in our inner man, like we cannot even conceive of right now. Look, we have spent a lifetime, we've spent our lifetimes allowing our five senses to inform us of what is real and what is not. And we are going to have to be predominantly informed by our spirit man because of the intensity of spiritual changes coming on the earth and physical changes coming on the earth. Jesus himself said, that men's hearts would fail them for fear because of the things taking place in the world. That is because our five physical senses will be so overwhelmed by the things taking place that we will not have the mental and emotional capacity to handle it. Only our spirit man, fully empowered by the Holy Spirit, will have the ability and the capacity to make it through the spiritual storms that are coming. And now is the only time we have available to us to learn how to walk, live, think, and reason via our spirit man, as opposed to our five physical senses. Now is the only opportunity that we have available to us for the Holy Spirit to train us to live and function predominantly from our spirit man. And we must take this completely and totally to heart. I cannot put into words that adequately convey the sense of divine and overwhelming urgency I feel concerning this one thing. We absolutely must give ourselves 100% to learning to live from our spirit man above every other priority in our lives. The increase in spiritual warfare and spiritual battles that so many of us have been experiencing over the last three years should make this truth abundantly clear. Many of us have already realized that we have suffered more than perhaps we should have in the midst of spiritual battles we've gone through because we did not know how to walk those things out. Am I right? How many times over the last three or four years have we stopped in the middle of a spiritual battle and thought, I don't know how to walk this out. I need more spiritual understanding on how to go through this. Well, that is precisely why the subject of learning to live from our spirit 
and learning how our spirit man is designed by God to function in cooperation with the Holy Spirit and his power. That is why this subject is the most vital thing that we can commit ourselves to right now. Like I said, the spiritual battles that are coming, they're going to be too much for our emotions. They're going to be too much for our minds. And they may very well be too much for our physical bodies in some cases. But our spirit man, where the Holy Spirit resides, does not have any such limitations. Over and over, the Apostle Paul made very clear, direct references to this very fact as he was persecuted, hunted, and overwhelmed. But he said everything that he did, he did by the power of God working through him in his spirit man. Listen, folks, the Apostle Paul is our New Testament example of a man living from his spirit under the harshest, most brutal conditions imaginable. This is not by accident. It's not by coincidence. So please pray for me as I earnestly seek the Lord for his clarity and anointing to uh, articulate this subject. Um, I will tell you this. (laughs) The one thing that has been impressing itself upon me very, very dramatically lately is the number one priority for believers in the West is moving from religious thinking to spiritual thinking. Again, we have got to move from religious thinking to spiritual thinking. When you are predominantly focused on yourself, you can be sure that religious thinking is at work. If you are constantly focused on your shortcomings, your failures, your struggle to live a certain way, overcome a certain habit, then your focus is on you. Read all of the prayers that Paul prayed for the believers in Ephesians Philippians, Colossians, print them out and spend time actually dwelling on them. You will see that as Paul prays for these believers, his focus is on God as their spiritual source of everything that they need, and his focus is on the Holy Spirit who supplies them everything that they need. If the Holy Spirit does not become our predominant focus 24 hours a day, the Holy Spirit who has taken up residence inside of us, then we are not going to be spiritually equipped for what's coming. There's a phrase that we used to use back in the day to help believers become adjusted to this very spiritual reality. We called it being God inside minded. Yes, God inside minded. Now, if your first reaction to that phrase is one of religious religious recoil, then we know we have some serious work to do. Um, let's get something straight according to the Word of God. If you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then yes, you have God through the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So every day, instead of worrying about your shortcomings and failures, you need to focus your mind a thousand percent on this thought. How can I cooperate with the Holy Spirit in me today? And that should be a question that you ponder seriously throughout the day as you're working, as whatever whatever you're doing with your activities. 
all through the day. That is probably the number one thing in addition to praying in tongues that is going to help you grow in your spiritual perception, spiritual thinking, and spiritual understanding because you are taking your focus off of you and you are putting your focus right on where it needs to be, the Holy Spirit in you. And by continually posing the question to yourself very sincerely, how can I cooperate with the Holy Spirit in me today? You are opening yourself up to his leadership, his guidance, his government inside of you, his lordship. You are opening yourself up to him leading you. You are yielding yourself to grow in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and I used to pray, Holy Spirit, please empower me and enlighten me to cooperate with you today as you work to transform me from within. I'll say that again. Hopefully you can grab a pen and paper or rewind this. Holy Spirit, please empower me and enlighten me to cooperate with you today as you work to transform me from within. That agrees with that scripture from Philippians, for it is God who is at work within you, causing you to desire to do his goodwill. You'll probably have to repeat that prayer very intently dozens of times a day until it becomes like breathing. To look to the Holy Spirit within yourself just as naturally as you button up your shirt in the morning going to work. It has to become that natural and that second nature to you. The fact that it may take work is just another reminder of how much religious conditioning may exist in your thinking that needs to be fleshed out and replaced with the mind of the Holy Spirit. The best place to begin and maintain this transformation process is by consistently and daily praying in the Spirit as much as you possibly can. This one spiritual exercise alone will begin to move your mind from a place of dominance to a place of yieldedness to the Holy Spirit, and that is precisely what you want and what you need. It is completely indispensable to walking in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit in your spirit man is God's divine provision for making contact with him in real time, anytime. While religious-minded believers cry and hope and pray for God to show up in a situation, if it be thy will, you make contact with the living God through your spirit anytime you need to, and praying in the spirit is your direct link up, because as Paul said, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit speaks mysteries to God then and there, on the spot. This is what separates religious-minded believers without the Spirit from those who have the Spirit in real time, all the time. You need God in your situation right now? Then you pray in the Spirit and give God by the Holy Spirit access to your situation in real time, right now. Now, do you understand why Satan hates the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, probably more than anything else, 
because you are now taking his power away from him and showing the world that he has no real power, not as long as you can bring God into your situation. That is why Jesus said, those who believe in my name shall speak with new tongues and they shall cast out demons. Why do you think Jesus made speaking in tongues the first sign? Because that's where the power begins. That is where God begins to have access into your situation and exercise his dominion through you, through your spirit in real time. So I am going to uh, end this episode for the for tonight. Uh, I will be following up on Facebook regarding this topic, and I invite everyone who has questions or input or insights, please message me on Anchor on the podcast. There's a if you go to the Anchor webpage, there is a place to click on to uh, send me a message. So please do that, uh, or message me on Facebook with any questions. God bless you all and uh, walk in the spirit.